Hello, welcome to Flow with Flow, a new podcast all about contemporary dance. I'm in training and I thought a podcast would be a really good excuse to chat some leading choreographers, performers and everybody in between. I'm now going to pass over to Flo in the studio, which is also known as my bedroom floor. So give us an introduction, Ella. Tell us about you. I am a dance artist um, and a choreographer. I am from Bristol, but I'm not really from Bristol. I moved there when I was 12. Um, I'm really a little bit Yorkshire a little bit Nigerian. I went to Cotton School, which many people from Bristol know. I don't know why I'm, I'm just plugging the Bristol thing. Um, that was kind of where I got into dance. And then I went and did a politics and sociology degree. But whilst there in Leeds, I um, I just kind of became friends with all the dancers, started getting a lot of like nighttime work as a Latin dancer, so salsa and samba, and realized I wanted to be a dancer. And so the career began. So I moved to London, um, and I auditioned and got into someone called Merville Jones's company. And yeah, I, I succeeded. So I was an apprentice in his company for a while. So I did that probably about, I want to say five years of performing before I decided I want to make my own shows and I want to be my own boss. I want to know about after your training, like you said, you went on to have a brilliant career. Obviously it's quite daunting for a lot of people in training. It's a bit like, you know, big wide world, you've somehow got to make money, which all seems a bit much. How how did it go for you? What was your first job? Sure. I mean, so I I was a bit different in that I was already making money from dance whilst I was at uni doing politics and sociology. And I would say start understanding the system and start understanding how it all works as soon as you can because I think that kind of prepared me for for everything to come because you are so on your own, you know, like, so for example, I had a meeting this week with Rich Mix and, you know, we're like negotiating prices. We're talking shows. We're like talking two years in, in advance. It's, it's very like you kind of not have, you don't need to have like a seller type energy, but you need to just be able to be real with people and kind of know what you want and know what they want as well. Rather than like, you know, back in the day, I would say, I would kind of like have this idea that they were just going to pay me loads of money to do exactly what I wanted. And now I, I kind of get it. Like there has to be this kind of exchange and really understanding, like, how are you both supporting one another? When I went to dance school in London, I had to kind of fund that alongside. So I worked, um, I worked in the evenings. I started out part-time actually when I was at Laban and then I would work kind of the rest of the week, but that was all with dance. So the more that you can do that, the better. In the beginning, I was probably not picky. I was just like, you know, I really, I was so grateful for any job opportunity. But I really do think as well that values, like knowing what your values are and having that established so you can also know what you say no to. The thing for me that really made a difference was that I made stuff up myself. Like, for example, the reason that I got, I got a two-year tour with Russell Malifon Company. And that was because I made a solo I think I went on a workshop first with Benji Reed, who's in Manchester. Amazing. Check out Benji Reed. And um, from that, got an idea of a solo, which I then workshopped at Back to the Lab, which is a breaking convention thing. And then they liked the idea so much, they said, we'll help you to write a funding bid. So I got that kind of straight coming out of dance school. 
it's a difficult balance for a lot of people, isn't it? Like finding value and knowing your own value and then not turning things down because you don't get paid enough because there isn't a huge amount of money in the industry. I think we should all think we're worth, you know, three million pounds a minute, but you yeah. you can't actually just expect that. Like I was speaking to someone that works at the school, Northern, and they were saying that a lot of people in the industry now are asking for more money than the people that have been in the industry for years. And I think the kind of not being afraid of other work, like I waitressed seven years and then I still got other, like I had different jobs. So I did like, I worked at Royal Academy of Dance for a while, just doing admin because it was cool because I was there. I could go in the studio, you know, I just had things that helped me out. There's a huge lack of diversity, obviously, in training. It seems weirdly enough that it gets filtered out even more so. So few like men training and then men seem to run the whole industry. Yeah. I mean, I think there's still in terms of um, kind of gender, yeah. I think that, you know, they, they talk a lot about like, or, or they were talking a lot about that generally most of the choreographers that did well were white, bald <laughs> yeah. men. Yeah. And I think there's still an element of that, just an element. I think that's, there's definitely truth in that. And I do think that even like as a, as a woman, the kind of the value or, or maybe it's even like how much you can ask for There's There's just a, there's still, there's still some gender gaps, I think need to be sorted out. So I've done some stalking and I saw on your website, you were talking about you like to try and get rid of those equality issues through showing a different side in your work. Yeah. Do you think that's the way we go about it? Feels like we should have an idea of how we're going to change that. Yeah, I think so. I think that's where values for me is super important of knowing like, what are your values? What are the things like, so I learned a lot by seeing what I didn't want to do. Um, Cause I had so many experiences where there was like a lot of hierarchy. There was a lot of kind of um, like just not nurturing people. It was like put people down and like let people know their place, you know, all that kind of stuff. And for me, I see that dancers dance best when they are appreciated and loved. I think you're doing a great job. If we're talking about your work, I've been walking around Northern and seeing your shows completely sold out. There's a big sign saying sold out on them. Yeah, yeah, it's sold out at Northern. So we did Northern. Um, so I've got, that is called the Rainbow Butterfly. I made it with two performers. And it's kind of a, a story of someone who's multiple heritage, all, all three performers. And we're actually bringing in a fourth now. Um, it's kind of exploring what stories would we love to have seen and and also within that that kind of cast um there are some non-binary people and so we we kind of wanted to tell this story of this non-binary child and using circus and using breaking and using contemporary dance which was super fun and then now i'm making this show with akim which i super love called okan and it's all about um the kind of you know the concept of be like water from bruce lee like inspired by that and looking at relationships and looking at salsa as this martial dance and how can we kind of dance like warriors but using this beautiful partner dance and, and kind of moving between like fighting and then just being in, in beautiful flow together. I had a class with Keen recently. It was absolutely lovely. He has very, very beautiful movement. And it's sort of going back to performing what you want to see, people of multiple heritage getting more screen time, if you will, for young people to see that. Yeah. And even like, you know, growing up, so I started salsa age 14, 
was only in clubs. Like, and that's why my, the kind of beginning of my career was all dance clubs. And I, I didn't imagine I would love to be on a real stage with real lights that are not like flashing and, you know, the floor's not sticky. And, <laughs> and so it's so cool to, to now be creating something that has salsa at its core. Nice. Yeah, it's good to see a dance form that hasn't had much appreciation professionally with like Northern started doing the cultural forms course and the breaking and all of those sorts of things. One day I'd love to teach on that course. Yeah, I'll put in a good word. You're doing, you're working with Akeem, you've got the Rainbow Butterfly. Yeah, and then I have, I've got like, it's been really, it's been a really cool year. I've got like adult shows that are kind of in the making. One will be in the UK, one will be international. That's exciting. Yeah, and then another children's show. So yeah, it's really cool to have kind of all that, all that in the pipework and and know where I'm going. I'm kind of interested about the big bad word funding. Sure. I... Like because I I got that first bid that I put in was 2011, so I've been getting funding. Wow, for 10 years. Still, sometimes don't get it. I had I didn't get any funding last year. I've just put in a bid now. If I get the money, then I can finally teach those two dancers that I mentioned and the fourth dancer the right. show right, Butterfly. But the last year, it's like I can't afford. I can't pay you all. I, I'm not gonna. You know what I mean? Like it just it work like that. So um, so I've had to kind of step in which has been good mm-hmm. for myself and my body my body's also tired um but also yeah so so fingers crossed um but I would say the things that have helped me in terms of funding are I didn't ask for that much the first bid you know I, I was like back then I was just super happy that someone was like and you're going to perform this thing at Sadler's Wells and you're going to, you know, I was just like everything. I was like, it's all just an opportunity. So I think the way it worked, I ended up getting paid a little bit more than I was expecting. And I was just like, it was, you know, it was just yeah, such a blessing. So um, I would say like, just keep it simple and small and minimal. Like what do you really need? Strip it back to start with. For me, the things that have really helped are having like venues that support and and kind of get me that will give me free or in kind, you know, in kind space, or sometimes like you pay them a little bit of money, but having that kind of match funding. And I do have someone that helps me now. I didn't then actually, but, but now I have someone that helps me write the bids. Yeah. That's made such a difference. I think it's, I think it's a lot harder now. I think they're just yeah. less willing to give money. I mean, I, I presume it's because they don't have very much money to give. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I get to Oh, but I hope it's not got anything to do with this government and their preferences. <laughs> I feel like, sadly, it probably is quite a lot to do with them. I mean, maybe you shouldn't get too political, but... Like going back to your question earlier, that's what I love about art as well, is that we can we can kind of express what we want to express and, and reflect the thinking of our peers. And, you know, I think that's important. Yeah, and we're lucky enough to do that. A lot of people don't have the ability to make that art. Yeah. Well, so you've got about 100 shows coming up. Yeah, well, um, right now, this year, I've just got the Rainbow Butterfly and then we're kind of are interviewing Arcan. So it's really nice to be like, and then, and actually I think I've got a meeting on Monday to talk about like, you know, 2024, 2025, 2026. Get it all sorted. When you're hiring dancers... You know, all those big, bad auditions, things like that, or your auditions. What's your advice, Ella? What do I do? 
personally, but I hate doing auditions for my company. Um, I prefer to have like invited rehearsals where I pay people. <laughs> um, yeah, because I, I think for me, audition auditions don't bring the best out in, in anyone. Yeah, that's my personal opinion on them. And I think that just because someone is an amazing dancer doesn't mean you're going to enjoy working with them. So I prefer to like, I actually do. So So my system for auditions is do loads of group tasks to see how they work together. And of course, you know, there will be like a, an aspect of teaching something and there will be an aspect of like getting them to make something as a solo to see. But for me, the the real thing that I'm looking for in an audition is, are they a nice human being? Do I think that I like their energy and will enjoy them being in the space? Um, and so I tend to to kind of more so spot dances that I think are really technically able and then kind of watch and keep an eye and figure out if I think they're also a really awesome human. I've heard other people say similar, so they watch the side of the room more than they watch the actual dancing. Yeah. So, I mean, that's probably not that helpful because, you know, I know when you come out of dance school, often you want to do a lot of auditioning. Um, I now... I mean, I don't do auditions now, but I I know that for me, I have a whole different approach to it. Whereas before I used to kind of like want to be chosen and, you know, it was like, am I good enough or not? And it kind of meant everything. If I didn't get the audition, it was like, I'm not a, a valid human being. That was kind of how I took it. I'm guilty of this as well. It's not that I want the thing I'm auditioning for. It's also just partly people want the validation of knowing they could. Yeah. Which isn't doesn't seem like a very healthy world. Yeah, also I think there's a lot, there's a big aspect of if you're auditioning for something, they're looking for often specific hair colour and then you go away thinking, oh, so I'm rubbish. It's like... Yeah, be yourself. Like, you know, if you are going to go to auditions, I would say be like be yourself times 100. You know, don't try and fit their moulds. Think like either take it as a practice of like, oh, how can I just like really enjoy this experience and figure out how it works on my body? Or, um, yeah, or take it as this kind of opportunity to just grow, you know, to, to like, to almost like overcome the, because I think often we go into fight or flight or freeze or, you know, like this kind of stuff comes out. So can you figure out like, how do I just ground myself so I can be my whole self in this space? And I think it's when we get into that state that we tend to get the auditions anyway. Yeah, when you're aggressively you, but very relaxed. If you're sort of in that fight or flight, you can't pick up any exercises. You can't be telling people. You come across horrible. It's, it doesn't work. But I think you're sort of built in with this anxiety of auditions. Like I'm second year now and I'm watching all the third years here back from Verve and all of this. And oh my gosh, the stress. So are you going to do Verve or do you know what you want to do next? I'm not sure what, <laughs> I'm not sure what I want to do next. Um, I'm not ruling anything out. I'm quite keen on moving to London, to be honest, the big city. So you've got to really network. Yeah, yeah. Especially when you're not from London. I don't know people necessarily. So right now I'm just trying to start building those networks. If you've got any advice. <laughs> Go to class as much yeah. as you can. Um I still think a great city, though, as a dancer is Newcastle because morning class is free every single day. So um, at Dance City 
what I'm noticing is so many wonderful dancers come out of that city and they build a community because everyone goes because it's free. And then when they move down to London and so on, they're more stable in who they are. So that's the thing. I wouldn't, I would like to move to London. That's something I think would be good for me, but I don't have, well, I have lots of people, but I don't have anyone in the dance round. So I don't want to just sort of move there and be a bit of a melon in the corner. Place classes are great. So, and I also think like you'll never, first of all, you'll never be a melon flow. But also like this thing of being innovative and asking and, you know, like getting together and practicing, like even, um, so for me, a a huge part of my dance career was because I was actively going out to other things, you know, I would go to salsa, I would go to breaking from all of those things, you know, like I, I did the Olympics opening ceremony, which was so awesome. A community of breakers that I got told about the audition and invited um and again I felt comfortable because it was like this these are my people you know it was just like it was it, it was an epic audition there were hundreds and hundreds of people but I was just like at home you know so the whole different experience it the uh, leads 2023 year of creativity opening ceremony I think it was only half of the Olympic one but it's so exciting oh my gosh looking out at a crowd of 10,000 people is absolutely wild I can't imagine what the Olympic one was like. I did watch it. Yeah, it was cool. I was a Dalmatian. Oh, I'll watch it again. Try and spot you. You can you can actually spot me because I'm spun around on someone's head. <laughs> oh, quite hard to miss. Yeah, you can actually find me. Imagine yeah. no other career do you get to be a Dalmatian spinning on someone's head in front of hundreds of thousands of people. Right. It's yeah, I'm so grateful for we have the best job. Yeah. If you think about your average like nine to five, like we are so, so blessed. Right. Any last amazing pieces of advice, things that will change our lives forever? Be yourself, call things out when they're not okay. <laughs> I think like on that note, I think there's been so many moments with kind of like boundaries and, um, you know, I think one of the things within the dance community is we have this sort of culture of almost like emptying out yourself so you can be this wonderful vessel for dance. But I think it's really important to actually have moments when it's like, no, (laughs) that's just... Interestingly, I was actually on the phone to my mum earlier and I, my mum's an avid follower and she said, make sure you ask her how to stay true to yourself in dance, darling. I think that's it. Like, you know, figure out what you love. Like if there's a dance style that you love, go and do that in the evening, go practice that, find your communities of that. Because as wonderful as the contemporary dance scene is, there are these beautiful pockets of of other other things that if you can nurture that and just, you know, keep the joy. And um, so for me, like Capoeira was, oh, I was yeah. so, but that's what I'd recommend in London. Go to Mojuba. They're amazing. Pusciano is amazing. Um, and that whole community was just, yeah, I know. Yeah, there were so many things like that. And, and also that so many opportunities came from just being myself and going to things you know they you, you would not necessarily expect the way like the way I got a job in Paris um it was the baptism of a billionaire's child um in a castle in Paris dancing with the ranking <laughs> I've ever had and that came through my my capoeira community going oh we you do you do this and and it's not all in options yeah it's it's really not and and like the real 
the real beautiful things for me come from relationships, human relationships, not someone going to they have blonde hair and blue eyes to be yeah. on a on a clipboard, you know, like yeah. Yeah, and the dance scene sadly perhaps can still have a little taste of elitism in it. One more tip I've just thought is being an internal learner as well. I think like, you know, there's so there's so much in dance. And so like keeping that curiosity and that wonder every single day. That for example, like, you know, how I ended up doing my aerial silks mm-hmm. and how become a, a really important part of the work that I make. I think those little things of of just keeping the joy of studying something new, discovering something new really will really support you. Amazing. Okay, I do have one huge question. I can't decide what to have for dinner. I know you've just done a shot. I'm having, I'm going to have, you know when you like make the courgette into spaghetti? Oh, like the grater, the potato. Yeah, Yeah. I don't have, I couldn't figure out how you do it. Probably there's a really way, so I bought the like, pre-done courgette sorry everyone because I wanted to I wanted to do it myself but I was like how do you do it and I've seen it in a shop today and I was like that looks amazing I'm gonna make pesto and I'm really into loads of nuts because they're really good for our body so I'm gonna do like a walnut pesto it's gonna be so good you can't help but feel like your dinner's probably gonna be a bit healthier than mine there's another thing I think health and rest like yes. step like figure out how to nourish your body yeah and do because our body is our our body is our temple what are you going to eat your dinner then? But. I think I'm probably going to have a Kiev and some roasted vegetables. Keep it simple. Aldi's vegan chicken Kievs. Mm. You have to try them. Lovely speaking to you. Have a nice evening. Good luck. I'm really excited for your podcast. I'd love to hear it when it's out. Thanks to Flo's mum. Yeah, sorry mum that I did that impression of you. You don't really sound like that. I think she'll appreciate that she she got to be. She featured. Yeah, she yeah. featured. Love you, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> Love you. Bye. later thank you Ella thank you for listening to flow with flow episodes will be out weekly and you can find out more on the instagram flossy 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 spelt f-l-o-s-s-i i hope you enjoyed and i hope you have a lovely week <laughs>